Welcome, ladies and gentlemen. TNT Hoops Shoot Around, Volume 8, I believe. Um, just episode 29 I wanted to touch on this morning after the uh, Bucks Raptors series has been tied up 2 2 going back to Milwaukee. Um, in this episode, we'll just be doing top five segment. Um, just with a couple categories that Quiddy and I found interesting, just giving our top five list for this. Um, and then we just touched on the Bucks Rap series and the Warriors sweep in Portland. And then we'll give you guys a little contest update and uh, just move on into the week. Once again, thank you guys for listening and tuning in to TNT Hoops. Uh, we appreciate all the support. Here's a Quiddy. Online, um, our esteemed co host. Uh, the one and only Quiddy Slanger. Quiddy, what's good? Yes, sir. I'm in the building. I'm good. I'm good, Answer. What's good with you? Um, Been better. Been worse. Can't complain. Um, okay. Let's just get into it, man. <laughs> let's get into it. So, uh, oh. I mean, this weekend, uh, we had some good NBA basketball on, but we kind of want to change up, you know, the format today. Obviously, the playoffs have been you know, dragging through here, us being Sixers fans, we kind of got to watch the Eastern Conference Finals and see how that is. And the Western Conference Finals was a pretty quick series. Um, <clears throat> so we wanted to kind of change up the format today. And uh, we wanted to do a top five segment where we say our top five in certain different categories. So a couple categories we have written down. Um, obviously, we're going to stay relevant to the podcast. We have uh, top five NBA players. We have our top five favorite NBA players ever. Well, top five NBA players ever and our top five favorite NBA players ever. Top five sports in the world. Top five rappers. And top five most popular NBA athletes. Oh, not not NBA. Top five most popular athletes overall. So uh, we'll discuss yeah. those. And uh, me and Ansel will go back and forth and kind of, you know, debate, you know, what our favorites are and, and, and why we like and why we like what. So to start off. We're going to go with our top five NBA players ever. And so I'll let you start with that. Okay. Um, are we doing any particular order? Or are we just doing? How, uh, how you sure do I think, I think we should try to do an order. I mean, some of them, I feel like they're tough to do in actual orders, especially for just picking five, but for top five players ever, I think we should do an order for sure. Okay. Um, cool, cool, cool. All right. So for top five players ever, um, my order would be, Jordan, um, the Michael Jordan, Michael Jeffrey Jordan. Um, I still think he's the greatest player to ever walk this earth. Um, LeBron, right at number two, um, strictly just off of just talent at being the best basketball player, um, just like in a vacuum. Um, like if you had to put one person or build one person to play the game of basketball, um, he is the perfect specimen to do so. Um, then third, out of respect, I have Wilt just for um, his body of work that he put in. Um, I believe it was what first four or five seasons in the league, 37, 38, 50, 44, 36, 34, 38. Um, I know the competition wasn't as stiff and that's probably the biggest argument against him, but there is something to be said about dominating the era that you played in. 
Um, and that domination did continue late into his career, into the L.A. years. Um, and then right after that, I have Kareem um, strictly for the same thing. And he also did it in a little, an era a little bit closer, um, starting in the 70s, going into the 80s, uh, late 90s as well. Um, just, and again, career averages, 24, 11, four assists. Um, as a big man and playing without the three point line. So all that's done in the paint. Um, offense centered around him and then had a couple great years in LA. Uh, and then finally my list rounds out with Kobe. Um, kind of wanted to bring, and I know statistically probably that's not the best pick. Um, but just for me watching, great pick. Yeah. Yeah. Just me watching basketball. Um, for my life, uh, I think Kobe was just, he's, he was an artist and he was somebody that, He's going to be probably one of the guys in my top five enjoyment players as well. But just being able to watch him pick teams apart um, for what, like seven to eight years of my basketball prime, like watching basketball consistently on a night to night basis was just amazing to watch. And he taught me just a ton about the game um, that I'll, along with the numbers that he put up. So I think as of right now, that's where my top five sits. What say you? Okay. I like your list. Uh, I think it's perfect to go against my list because it's, it's pretty traditional. Yours is pretty traditional. Mine is pretty unorthodox because, you know, I'm always mm-hmm. different. But um, when I look at the game of basketball, before I start, when I look at the game of basketball, I think I always look at guards as more important players on the court because they control the pace and everything kind of is based off what they do. So yeah. this is my top five ever. Best player ever to me is Kobe Bryant. Uh, we always used to go back and forth, Kobe and Mike. Uh, so we saw Mike, and he was the goat of all goats, apparently. And I just think that skill-wise, Kobe was the best. Like, he took everything Mike did and was better at it. He was a better shooter. He had a better handle. His footwork was better. All Like, everything, he took everything Mike did. He had a, he had a what do I want to say, he had a platform, and then he just took it to another level. Um, I like to throw all the stats and stuff in the trash when I'm talking about greats. So I'm not really going to bring all that up. So Kobe's my yeah. uh, best player ever. It's number two. I got LeBron. Um, LeBron, like you said, best all-around player. Um, he can impact the game better than pretty much anybody that ever played a game. 6'8", physical specimen, but probably had the best IQ of any player to ever play. Mm-hmm. Um, three, I have Mike. Out of respect for Mike. Um, like you said, he, he, he came first. He was the one that kind of revolutionized the game. And, you know, he turned, he basically turned that era up of basketball, you know, kind of, you yeah. know, picked it up for this generation. Stayed, not stayed basketball, but after the magic and bird years, like he was the person that kind of carried the torch to the nineties. So. Right. After that slow, that, that slow era where magic Johnson was just dribbling the ball down the middle of the floor and throwing dimes at six, eight. Jordan kind of was like that six six wing that was just could do it all, lock you down, and get to a bucket. Um, four, I have KD. Um, I'm 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 going off of just talent here. Like, there's no way you're going to tell me that Wilt Chamberlain or Kareem Abdul-Jabbar is a better basketball player than Kevin Durant. Like, he's seven feet, <laughs> he's seven feet with a with probably with a thirty five foot pull up. He can go left to right, he can go right to left. He can score from mid range, finish at the rim, shoot threes, handle the ball, yeah. pass, defend. I think K- KD's fourth, Mize. And five, I'm not scared to say it anymore. Steph Curry. The way he has changed the game, um, 
there's just been nobody in basketball, let alone <laughs> basketball, but all of sports that have, have changed the game like him. Um, he changed the whole way the game is played nowadays. Um, we value a three-point shot much more. He's taking the traditional center off the court. If you can't shoot the ball, you're pretty much not on the court nowadays because yeah. teams see, hey, the, mo- the, the way we're going to score more points is pushing the pace and getting up more threes. Right. Yeah. Uh, not necessarily forcing threes because some people think that's what the case is, but just getting that more three. So Steph rounds out my top five. Um, so that, that just, that makes me ask the question though. Like, are you asking like, who's the best basketball player? Like as basketball has evolved because the game has changed so much. And this is something that always kind of is the wrench or the caveat in conversations like this. Um, that yeah, like KD now at, at at his height is able to shoot threes and handle the ball, but the game of basketball wasn't taught back then. So like when I kind of look at this like question, it's like who dominated the most for what basketball was when they were playing, right? right. Like they weren't really afforded the opportunity to play basketball the way. And maybe that's just because like that he didn't change the game. Like you say with guys like Steph Curry, but like, like so, they didn't even have a three point line. So like, it's like, why, why even like that wasn't even in the back of their mind, like for guys like Kareem. So, well, Right. To answer your yeah. question. So just like everything else in the world, basketball evolves. So guys now are better because there's more, there's more you do. There's more you have to do and they're able to do it. You can't say, you can't put the hypothetical and say, well, if Magic Johnson had a three point line, he'd be a good, better three point shoot or whatever the case is. Or if Will would have a three point line, he probably would shoot. Well, he didn't. So it's just like, so me personally, I think, I think it's comical that people, are still comparing dudes so that then, weren't even playing with the same guy rules. Era is better from that era back then. So you might as well just put like guys like Derrick Rose over John Stockton. You know what I mean? Like it's. I think like, Derrick Rose is a better some... basketball player. I'm not, not not Derrick Rose, but I think I think I mean I mean even if you if we're talking still too. So I, the way you look at the question is what they did for basketball in that time, how they dominated and all that. But yeah, how they the question is the best skilled player, like the most skilled player, like the best player. I don't think Kareem Abdul-Jabbar is better than Kevin Durant. I don't think. Well, yeah, if you put them out the court at the same time, like in, in this era or like, you know what I mean? Like, it's, or even back then, like with Kevin, Kevin Durant's current skill set, like obviously Kevin Durant would be better, but like, I don't know. I, I just think it's, it's such a loaded question, but I, I would agree with your list. Like, yeah, basketball's a lot better now. And if you place I'm both guys, I'm yeah, as, I'm not, I'm not, I don't go off of, uh, like, like you said, I don't, I don't really go off of just merit of what people thought, like what how people think, like, oh, somebody dominated this era or whatever. I'm go, I go off of, I'm just telling you my approach. I go off of straight skill and the oh, pure yeah, game. But I would, I would agree. Basketball is a lot better now. Like if that's the question, basketball is a hundred percent, hundred percent better now. And like, I can't even believe that people watch teams shoot damn near like 80 free throws a night. Like it's crazy. Like that, that's a slow and it wasn't an interesting game that brought people in. That's why the basketball is probably like, we'll talk about this with best sports, but it's the best sport ever. Um, okay. So we'll, let's, we'll uh, that let's get right into our, let's get right into our, not to cut you off because I just want to say this because it's kind of basically what we're going to talk about anyway. Um, our top five players, like our top five favorite, like our favorite players yeah. to watch. Um, I'll go first with this list. Okay. Um, so most people that know the podcast, y'all know the answer to this. Who my top five, I'm mean, my first favorite player ever. Kobe Bryant, um, like I was saying in the last, for the last part, I just love watching his game. I just thought he was such a pure player. You can tell everything in his game was just hard work, and he just was dedicated to his craft and was able to try different things on the floor because he practiced all this stuff. So Kobe was my favorite player ever. 
although he played out in Los Angeles. That was my dude. Um, my second favorite player is Allen Iverson. He kind of made me pick up a basketball just watching him play. He was six feet tall, <clears throat> listed at six feet, but he's probably like 5'10". He's had a pretty long wingspan, so I guess he can get away with being six feet. And he was just he just gave hope to every kid in the hood that, one, you can be from the hood and play in the NBA, and two, you you can be yourself and you can be yourself on and off the floor, but you kind of, he kind of showed that you can have your own style through the game of basketball. Like he, I think AI was the first guy that really showed people that are right, like, I'm going to use my swag. I'm going to use my swag to make my whole basketball persona. Like, you know what I mean? Like he yeah, used an whole, extension of his game, like the way that he exactly. walked and talked and acted, that you can literally feel that way. Like when he but not even the- walking and talking because all these, it was guys that were from the hood, but it kind of changed it up. Like, or got a little commercialized just so they wouldn't be looked at a certain way. Like he didn't care about any of that. That's what I'm saying. Like he kind of like not to be cliche, but he brought the attitude onto the basketball court. Like that's the only way I can think of saying it right now. It's just like right. It's kind of probably one of the first people to really have the fuck you edge. Um, Right. It's like well, not the first person, but like one of the few guys that come along that from his rookie year, I think in '96, like he used to come in and straight just don't matter who you are. Like I don't think you could check me, and like it could be. Like as we see the, like, that great clip of Jordan, like from guys like him to some bullshit guard that had to check him that night. Like he was coming. Hey, is AI in your top five? Yeah, he was my number one. So uh, that's why I wanted okay, to so, try to. Or I'm happy you given a point for him. All right, so um, yeah, he like you said, you you touched it all. He was he didn't care who you were. He was a little dude, but he was coming right at you, and like he had the tats, he had uh, he had the braids. He had the shoe and sleeves and all that, just just all around, all the stuff that kids wanted to do. AI had a shoe and sleeve or actual elbow problem, and kids actually started wearing shoe and sleeves, and other players in the league actually started wearing it because they thought it was for style, which it became yeah. for style, he said. Afterwards, he was like, well, I thought it looked pretty cool, so I just kept wearing it. But, you know, everybody was doing that. So that just shows how influential he was man. to the game. Exactly. Right. My third favorite player is the yellow dude out in Oakland, Steph Curry. I love watching dude play. I mean. He's probably he has the best ball handling and shooting combo in NBA history. Like you know, we haven't seen a guy able to handle the ball like that and shoot like that um, ever. Yeah. You know, you have the Ray Allens and Reggie Millers, but these dudes, you know, they're not handling the ball like Steph. And then Steph can even come off the ball like them. Like we've seen this clip that's been going around the internet the last couple of days that people are laughing at it. Him just running all over the court and then getting a three at the end of the. You text me like, oh, Warriors so demoralizing because it plays like plays Steph does where he's running all over yeah. the damn court and then he gets open and knocks down a three. So Steph's my third. My fourth is Big JoJo in Philly right now. Tough way to end the season here, but y'all know Joe on beat. I don't have to say much about him. He's social media, social media goat. He really put yeah. a picture, he really put the picture of him crying as his AV. And my fifth favorite player might surprise you. Took me a little while to figure this one out. But I got to go with Lou Will, yo. I mean, he's he's been doing it forever. Wow. Lou Will, six man. I mean, he he was doing it in Philly. And then, man, he's just been on a low getting buckets for over a decade now. And I just, they just respect to that. I love watching Lou play. He's like an extension of Allen Iverson to me. So that's my top five ever. Yeah, that's respect. Um, I think with my list, I, I mine mirrored yours, but um, I have a couple of changes. Um, number one, just with AI for all the reasons that we said. Mm-hmm. Just interesting player. Uh, made guys like yourself that grew up in the Philly, Philadelphia area um, pick up a basketball, uh, drew us to the game of basketball, 
change the game of basketball, how we look at, how we look at players, how we, um, just, just how we do everything. Uh, young LeBron was my number two. Um, I just remember as a kid, like watching him with the Cavs, like it was something that you felt in the moment, like this young guy going up against teams like the Pistons, like the Celtics, and it was just him. Um, <laughs> Like, there's no other guy really on that team that you even want to bring into the conversation. Like what, like Larry Hughes, Zuljunas Ogalskis for a little bit, Anderson Barajal. Like those are the guys that were around. Big Z. To see LeBron kind of put all those guys in, in situations to win. And like, like I remember like what, it was like 07. I'm trying to think of the year was when uh hit that game, when a shot against the Magic, that Dwight Howard team, Magic from the top of the key, like, like stuff like that oh, is ingrained. I think in my that life. was. I think that was two thousand and nine. Two thousand and nine. Because that's when the Magic yeah. beat them. The Magic still beat them that year, and yeah, uh, went on and played finals. the Lakers and lost. Yeah, but like it was just one of the, it was like stuff like that. Like LeBron has so many moments. Um, for me as a basketball fan, like how, how can I not say he's one of the most entertaining players ever? Um, for three, as you said, Steph. Steph is one of those guys I like to call must see TV. Like anytime he's on TV, whether it's a late West Coast game. Um, more times than not, I'm staying up to watch it. Uh, just because the way that he plays basketball is fun to me. Like, I, I, like more, like I'm just sitting on the couch and laughing about how he's making guards like Dame Lillard or whoever is guarding him or checking him for that particular night. Like, like you just know it's going to be a long night for him. Like, he's just running around, um, <laughs> making the correct play. And I think that's why I love watching stuff so much, just because it's like, I'm like other stars who have the ability to score 30 at any point in time. Um, he likes to have his teammates involved and he, he, he plays the basketball. He plays basketball in such a purest way, like you said, um, to where he'll give it up, go set the off ball screen, try to get Clay open. If Clay's not open, he's going to keep moving around, keep moving his man around, pop out to the corner, pump fake step, step back three. Like, just <laughs> so like, crazy. Like, just, just plays. Oh, it cut you over. off real quick. Continue your point about Steph because obviously we've been talking about him. But what do you think, like, of the people? Like, cause there's a, there's a big crowd now. I don't know if it's just of his con- consistent dominance now over the last five years, but there's a, like a crowd of people that actually don't like him. And people think there's, a, there's actually another point guard in the NBA better than him. What do you think? I, I, like? I, think, I think you're just it's watching. It's like mind boggling to me. Watching something different. They're, you're watching something different or you're, you're watching basketball with the intention to hate on somebody. Um, right. And once you remove that bias from your thinking, like you enjoy basketball a lot more because like if you're watching the same thing I'm watching, this guy is like it, it's almost incredible. Like about almost. how <laughs> bro, Steve like, Kerr he, said. <laughs> Steve Kerr said Steph is like he says Steph's one of those dudes where he gets two layups and a free throw, and then he he's feeling it, so he comes down and shoots it from 35. And you're like, yeah. as a coach, you're like, good shot, <laughs> good shot. <laughs> like when did that ever happen? Like. Yeah, yeah like, I, I just don't understand it. Like, I'm at the point now where I don't even want to argue with people. Like, if you're, if you're telling me Russell Westbrook or, like, or Dame or somebody is over Steph, it's just like, like, what are you watching? Like, yeah. what do you, like, what do you, like, do you like the guy that likes to dribble around more, take a lot of contact and, and flex on you and make a mean mug face and, you know what I mean? Like, is, yeah. or, or have a crazy dunk, like, right over somebody. Like, like, yeah, that stuff interests me, but two points is two points. Right. And, like, a lot of stuff with Steph is situation. Like you said, like being able to go on like those eight point stretches, he goes on like, like, like in the text I said, like it's so demoralizing because it like he, like it's placed at the worst possible times for you as a team. Like right. you just went on like a 16 point run and then Steph is just keeping right with you. 11 points himself. <laughs> like you're right. still only at five. Right? <laughs> My last thing about Steph, and I love how you said that because like 
people, this is such an underrated, like, part of this game. Like, like, perfect, you brought that up. Like, they'll be down, like, 16 with, like, three minutes left in the first half. You know, teams will come out, because teams come out hot. They want to beat the Warriors. They'll be down, like, 16 with, like, three minutes left in the, two, three minutes left in the first half. And he'll score, he'll go in a 10-2 run. Like, he scored 10, other teams score two. And then it'll be an eight-point lead at halftime. And that's just so much different than 16. You feel me? Like, that's just stuff he, like, he'll just do that in the blink of an eye, like. He and there's no, that ability. there's no number for that, but like that adds up. And like, I, I, I really do think scoring and bunch, like there's something to be said about scoring and bunches. Like there's a couple of guys. It's demoralizing. Yeah. It's history of the game. They're able to do this. Like, like Kawhi is one of those guys that can do it right now in the NBA, KD, LeBron, but like, do right, it. Who's your next? I think it's just crazy. Yeah. Um, the next guy yeah, after that is D Wade was, um, just like, oh, there, there was a stretch of time, like for like three or four years when D Wade, like, it was just cool. He was must-see TV for me as well. Like, it was just mid-range work, just the defensive work at the, uh, at, the at that end. Um, like, I don't know. He's just one of my childhood favorite players uh, to watch. Love D-Wing. Um, I, I wouldn't say he was one of the best by any means, but, like, I just think of, like, my sixth and seventh grade years, like, and I think fifth, sixth, and seventh, like, just loving watching the Miami Heat play. Um, and then Kobe. Uh, Kobe rounds out my list at number five. Uh, like you said, like he was kind of our extension of Jordan. Like we didn't get to really see Mike play um, in the nineties when he was with the Bulls. We kind of got the back end with the Wizards, but just being able to kill from all three levels. Like he was the first guy like that. I think that I realized like, wait, like he can, he can score from the three point line, mid range and the post. And he's a better posted player than any big man in the league at the time. Like, like that was one of those things where it's just like that. I don't know. Dog, like just. It, it's hard to kind of put into words. Like if you didn't actually, like for some of the younger kids listening, like if you're if you're not actually experiencing it, it's it's weird to to say like, oh yeah, Kobe, like as an entertaining player. But like it was just because because he like he did it all. Like he had that stretch of to where he was leaping over guys, and then how he transformed and transitioned his game into, all right, now I'm going to just break you down with a few skill. inches of space. Yeah, skill right. and so. Stuff like that will always interest me. Let's go to top five sports next. Um, All right, for I'll, me, I'll, I'll start with that. You, oh, okay. no, you, did I start with this one? No, you yeah, you started start with entertaining, so I'll start with sports. Uh, real quick here, basketball, football, uh, then European football or soccer, as we call it here in America. Um, this is going to be a weird one, but for my fourth one right now is golf. I found a new appreciation for golf, just like the complexity of it. Um, I don't play it at all, but just – it's aesthetically pleasing. And then just like the, the mental game behind it is just, it's crazy. It's damn near like chess, but as a, as a sport. Um, and then baseball for five, but that's just because there's not, I don't think it's another sport that I would choose. Over. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but you go ahead. <laughs> All right. So, um, me personally, I always tell that me and my, one of my, me and my, one of my friends, I used to talk about it is, um, I don't call anything that doesn't involve a defense a sport. So a lot of people listening to this might be mad at this, but I don't consider golf a sport. Like it's just, it's just like a, it's like a hobby. You can, you can go hit a golf ball. You can go to the range, hit a couple nah, golf balls. You, like, can't, you and I can't I'm hit a not golf saying, ball. And oh, people are going to be like, Oh, I guarantee you can't hit a golf ball or whatever. I'm not no. like you said, the complexity, the game is hard. Like it's, it's not an easy game. It's not easy to do. But to me, that you doesn't don't, make don't it. You that a defense, like the defense against the conditions, against the, against nature, against yourself, like that is a, a sort of defense. Like I think, like the no, mind. No, it's not. Oh, why not? 
I'm talking about it's not a it's not a defense. Nobody's directly nobody's directly holding you back. Everything is you're doing is your under your control. It's like it's like track. You're running against somebody, but you're not. Nobody's nobody's holding you back. You're running. That other person is running. Like he's getting his best time, just like in golf. You're getting your best score or whatever, bogey, par, whatever. I'm not gonna get. So let me let me. My top five sports are pretty much the same as yours. Basketball. I have basketball number one. Obviously, we love hoops. Whatever. Um, football will be number two for me. Uh, those two go back and forth though, depending on the year. I like I I love basketball. I obviously love back playing it and watching it. Ask me in twenty seventeen football game, huh? I said, ask me in twenty seventeen football number one, boy. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, exactly. So I mean, a good football game or a good football team to watch every Sunday, just because the games are so spaced out. Man, I, I love football. Man, I love watching football. Uh, third yeah. is like you said, European football or soccer. I love me some soccer, man. Um, don't keep up as much as I used to, but um, I just love the the art of the sport, the flopping and stuff. I mean, it's going to happen because you know these dudes are running up and down that huge ass field, and it's just going to happen. Like you need you need to draw some contact, just like they do in basketball, flopping and stuff. So soccer, I don't find anything wrong with that. I love me some soccer. Um, fourth, I have baseball, baseball slash softball. Um, I love baseball. I mean, it, it gets, it's pretty tedious. It gets kind of boring. I feel like they can kind of speed the game up a little bit, but I like, I yeah. love how they're sticking to the, sticking to tradition and keeping it, you know, the same. Although the ratings have been going down the last couple of years, they're just like, look, this is America's past. However, this is how we play I, the game. I would, I would like to say that baseball has improved kind of just with like how they're pitching it on social media. Like I now see every single home run that's hit, I think now, like just via Instagram or Twitter, like just like right. the highlights now, baseball has started to kind of, Get a little juice. Uh, continue. Right. And my last one is like <clears throat> any type of fighting. So, like, I like boxing most personally, but um, boxing, UFC, any, any MMA, I, I like, I like, uh, I love watching me a good fight. That Wilder fight this weekend was so crazy. Well, not crazy. It was all 20 seconds or a minute, but just watching like Floyd growing up, beating everybody, just being tactical as a boxer is just so cool to watch. Like, I just loved like uh fighters. Yeah. Or fighting, um, I guess. Sucks that we missed the kind of primetime era of boxing, but I think it's starting to come back a little bit. Hopefully Joshua yeah, stops bitching fights wilder. But for sure. Yeah. I mean the 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 heavyweights and stuff, they they're not as pure. They're just they're just they just let that thing go. They just, yeah, just animals it. like <laughs> Right. Like the Mike Tysons of the world. Like Deontay Wilder. Mike no, Mike Tyson was also Yeah. I, I yeah, I, it just kind of stinks because I think with boxing is like I still know the best heavyweight ever. Like he was still like a way better boxer than any like new heavyweight now. Like Muhammad Ali, like he could like I feel he looks like one of those guys like a box for any division. Like just of how sharp was he was. Was he like, classified you know I mean? as a heavyweight though? Like every like or was he? I think like, he was just above the threshold. Like because heavyweight starts at like was it like two hundred? And I think he was like just like right over that. Yeah, yeah, I know he's, he's definitely light heavyweight or middle, middle class. But yeah, he he was a beast. Obviously, Muhammad. He had the he had the power and the speed. A lot of those big dudes don't have any speed. They just let they just like we said, just swinging. Yeah, <laughs> so, but he also like from like everything you see, like he also knew how to like pick spots. Like guys like Lennox, like Lennox, like it's just I don't know. Like it just seems now like guys so like Wilder ask, are kind of just looking for the one shot. So, what would yeah, you yeah. rather watch? What would you rather watch? Uh, mm. A great you know, highly anticipated UFC or boxing match or golf. So that's 
like I obviously are. Right, so obviously, <laughs> obviously you're going to say UFC, right? Because there's, there's just more great matches, but like that master shit that I saw a couple weeks ago, like there's, right. there's nothing better than that. Like when you're, when you're watching that live and you're like, I, there's, it just sucks because golf doesn't have many athletes like Tiger and UFC is just loaded with a bunch of knockouts and knockouts are always going to be more interesting. But like when you see like a, an all time great attacking something, like and slowly paces golf. It's like yo, I'm really, I really got to beat you, sh- like swig by swig. And it's just like, I don't know. It's it, it's really relaxed. Like no, I would recommend I, I it to anybody that's looking it. for a sport to like, just kick, sit back, kick it, like chill on your phone, get some work done. Like it's it's great to have in the background, but then also like seeing. I don't like it's just hard to explain until you actually. No, I feel you. No, I definitely respect for, it. Like, I definitely respect it. Anybody looking for um, anybody looking to take a nap, throw some golf. <laughs> <laughs> throw some golf on. <laughs> no, nah, nah, for sure. I definitely feel it because, like, like the whole thing, the aesthetics and just just the, the purity. Because it is tough. I mean, you really – it's like a science. Like, you really got to, you really gotta like, map out how you're going to hit the ball. And if you don't hit it at certain spots, then you got to adjust. Like, I definitely yeah. understand, like, and, and, how complex and it's, just, it's, just, it's just harder to have a championship moment. It's just harder to have a championship moment in golf or, like, a – a moment in history in golf to where you're like, damn, like that was one of the coolest things I ever saw. Like you see a knockout in UFC, you, you can turn on any UFC fight, you'll see a knockout and you'll be like, yeah, that was better than any golf right. shit I've ever seen. Uh, let's move on to rappers though. <laughs> for um, sure, you can for go sure. first. I started the last category. <clears throat> I'm first. I'm first for rappers, bro. Yeah, go ahead. All right. So um, rappers, I think is more rappers and music is preference. So nobody come kill me for my list is more of what I like to listen to. So don't try to say, Oh, so-and-so is better than who. So my, yeah. my number one is Jay-Z. I think Hove is, is his work, his, his body of work plus his, just his music is, I think the best. Um, number two for me is Lil Wayne. Love me some Wayne growing up. I was arguing with my boy Adam Donovan. He going to hear his DC two in the beginning of this episode, but I said that no ceilings was the best mixtape ever. And growing up on no ceilings <laughs> and dedication three. <laughs> All those tapes, Wayne. What'd you say? I said, like, if you disagree with No Seals, No Seals being the best mixtape ever, man, you fucking tripping. Well, he he, he was kind of just trying to go back and forth for me because he loves DC too. He loves Meek, but two is Wayne. <laughs> Three for me is J Cole. Um, boring J Cole. You know, you got the crowd that thinks he's super boring, and then you got the crowd that thinks he's he's woke and he's really you know speaking to us. And I'm one of those people. Uh, love me some Cole. Four is my man Aubrey Graham, Drizzy Drake from Canada. The soft dude that can spit, but he'll sing to you as well. And then five, I kind of, I thought I had to kind of go West Coast a little bit, so I'm going Kendrick. But five, I want to do Kendrick and Big. I got Kendrick and Big both together for my fifth. Biggie, okay. Biggie Smalls to clarify that. Yeah, my list is B-I-G. definitely similar. Um, I think that's just because we grew up the same in the same area. But um, number one for me is Wayne, just because. Uh, like I'll, like when I make a list like this, I always look at like the impact on my life first, and then like like how like just right. the impact of the culture. But Wayne, just for me, like control music through middle school, early high school for me, um, just with the Carters, uh, obviously the No Ceilings mixtapes, like No Ceilings, like just to kind of what were you said. No, I was just I was just gonna say I'll let you finish, but even the extension over to bringing Drake and Nicki and those people into the game, like yeah. that's so influential. I feel like. Yeah, like That's the whole Young Money crew was just crazy. Like I, I vividly remember, like me sitting next to my radio with the razor, like trying to record, like 
it's a, a little bit of ability like coming out of the radio. Like it's just like it's crazy, man. Like just so many memories away. But I'm this old. Um, just for anybody that thinks that No Ceilings does it is the best mixtape of all time, I'm just running through the track list real quick. Swag Surf, Ice Cream, Death Auto Two, uh, Wasted, Watch My Shoes, Brack Breakup, Bad from TV, Throw It in the Bag. <laughs> Bad from TV. Yeah, like come on, Oof. bro. Like that's just the first. Hey, yo, eight. Wheezy went in. <laughs> um, <laughs> and then sure. so for number two, I have Hove. Um. Hove just bar for bar. There's not a better rapper out there or that has lived. And then also just the, he, I'm starting to gain more and more respect for Hove as I've gotten older, just seeing everything he does just for people of color um, and people just in just disenfranchised communities. Like Hove is just incredible, man. And like you strive to be like a guy like Hove. And I think that's why he's just always instantly like any list I make just with like influencers, rappers, he's always there. Um, third, Drake. Drake is just awesome. Uh, not really much I'm gonna say just because people are gonna kill you the more you try to oh, like you like the soft dude, but like whatever. Drake is Drake is flames. Um, Cole Kendrick just right on my top five. Uh, Boys Sitter probably one of my favorite albums ever came out like our senior year of high school. Uh, just crazy. And then Kendrick just copy that. Yeah, Kendrick is for all the reasons you said like lyrically a genius. Probably lyrically the best active rapper right now. Could. Just flip different bars, give the various meetings and tell you a story through an album like Good Kid Mad City. Um, just make you feel different things like with damn, like if you play damn backwards, it's a whole different vibe, but it's the same exact album. It's just like stuff like that. Like it's just musical genius that he brings to the table. And I just appreciate that just sort of body of work of art. Hey, that. Um, but however, this is a basketball podcast. So we will start to touch on, um, some of the Western Conference and Eastern Conference final series that we have going Yo, on. We got one more. We got one more. Got one, more. Got one more. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm simple, sorry. Simple, simple, simple one though. Top five most popular athletes. Who do you think right now in the world? Top five most popular athletes. Um, Tyre, yeah. just because you just won the Masters again. So he's buzzing again. Um, LeBron James. Um, this is no order, by the way. LeBron James, number two. Um, Serena Williams. Number three, just because I think internationally she's just dominant and incredible. Um, right. Four, I would have to say, damn it, it's starting to get a little watered down, man. Like, there's not really a lot of guys that are just. I mean, you got to go to the. Yeah, the Tom, yeah Tom, Tom Brady. Tom Brady would be top yeah. just because he's a GOAT, and a lot of people are just gravitating towards this whole TB12 shit um, in the later stages of his career. And then five, um, shit. I can't really think of. I can't really think of a fifth person. Oh, uh, what's the name? Ronaldo. Yeah. Neymar? No, Messi. Messi. Messi is just Messi. Yeah. Okay. You're in your album. All right. So my top five is. I'm happy you named. You named all different people than I have actually. Okay. Besides Brian, um, I kind of looked this up like to see like you know the followings and shit yeah. and. Uh, you know, soccer is the biggest sport in the world. So internationally, like those dudes are like super popular in all these different countries. Like not just, you know what yeah. I mean? Not just the U.S. So my top three, I have Ronaldo, Messi, and Neymar. Like whatever order you want to put those in, like people like literally worship them overseas. So I'm just going to have them off the respect. And then two from basketball, just LeBron and Steph. I think they're the two most popular players in the NBA right mm-hmm. now. Um. And then that's obviously five, but you know, Brady's obviously in that mix. Serena, um, and like you said, Tiger or uh, Tiger, I guess, but you know, Tiger Woods and no, that's I, pretty much my I'll five. I'll just give a little argument. But like you said, I'll us- give you a little argument for Tiger just before we go uh-huh. into the, uh, the, the conference finals. Um, 
like to be able to step away from your sport for that long and then step back in. And then once it, like, it's like the snap of his fingers, like Thanos, everyone is back to watching the TV again. Like that just kind of goes to show you that like, people are just waiting for Tiger to be great again. Like, I think they played at best page this weekend and like everyone was just kind of waiting for him to make the cut, which he didn't. But then as soon as that happens, it's just like, everyone just runs it back. And I think it's very hard to have an athlete like that. Like, I don't think, um, Neymar could retire for four or five years. I mean, no, it's not though. Yeah, is it bro. Really? Like, to, is it? well, cause one, one, one golf it, it, is different. That, that's cause how, that's cause of golf. Yeah. Golf is different, but that's, that's saying something about that's golf. That's still a thing. Like, yeah, golf is different, but he's still a guy that brings people that don't even watch golf. Like, think about it. Like, there are people that, like myself that don't even watch golf that just, I hear Tiger is hot and he, he's going into Sunday with like a lead or close to a, like a stroke behind. I'm tuning in. Like, and, like, there's just, is there something to be said about that, man? Like, I don't know. Like, I don't care how hard life gets. I'm not watching. Yeah, golf. That's you, dog. <laughs> but like, you saw, you saw, you saw the impact of him going to the mat. Like, you didn't, you didn't, you weren't hearing anything about Tiger. He wins the Masters. He's just on the cover of everything, every magazine I for the next it. week. And like, I, I just, heard it. Very few guys in their sport can do that. But I heard it. Um, let's go to the conference finals, man. Yeah, it's just, it's a certain situation. Let's start with the Warriors. Let's uh, let's go to the conference so finals. Um, let's start with the Warriors, however, just because that series right, is start with the a little quicker yes. and um, less to really talk about. Uh, do you want to start or should I start? Up to you. Okay, uh, I'll start. Um, like I said, Warriors yeah. info. Simple, uh, pretty uh, easy series for them. I mean. It, 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 not because they were down 17 in every game, which is very weird. But it's one of those things where they're down 10, 15 points. It doesn't really feel like much because it just takes a 12 to 2 run to, to put some pressure on Portland to mm-hmm. really have to close the game out. And you're definitely going to pick Golden State's core finishing the game over uh, CJ McCollum and Damian Lillard. You know what I mean? And then they're, they're trying to find like a third piece. So Myers Leonard was the guy that they had to get going because like the Warriors yeah. just leaving them open. So. Um, it, it it was clockwork for the Warriors. I think this series kind of sh- gave people the appreciation again for the Warriors, and they're more likable. Obviously, yeah, I heard that a lot over the week. Like people said, this is the Warriors team that they missed. This they miss seeing. Right, exactly, and you, and I feel like a lot of people are kind of starting to not to say gravitate back to that, but it's like it's like damn, like this this was cool to watch. Like before, everybody just started hating them when they got Kevin Durant, and people started hating KD. It was like, damn, this is a team full of you got three guys that are that are in Steph, Clay, and Draymond. They're obviously great, but they're not like top ten all time. Like Steph may be in the mix, but they're not like top ten all time great. They just the way their styles of play, it blends and meshes so well. They all cover for each other's weaknesses and make yeah. each other's strengths better. So you got Steph who's the little dude that can just get to a bucket and demoralize like demoralize and put so much pressure on the defense, but then you got Clay to offset him who can shoot the ball but can't really dribble as well as Steph. So he's that guy. You know what I mean? He's that piece. Yeah, but on the he's side. still doing those you know, little things. Yeah. Like you said, open opening everything, everything else, up. else up. Right. And then on the diff right, and on the defensive end, cover up for Steph. He'll cover up for Steph. And then you got Draymond, a guy that kind of does everything where he's the heartbeat of the team, but he's he's also the facilitator on offense. And he's, you know, he brings the yep. toughness and he brings all the intangibles that they don't have. The the defense, and, well, Clay can play def- like great defense, but the defense and all that stuff. So those three just they just blend so well. And I just think moving forward now, they kind of see, and the world kind of sees that, you know, KD, KD, KD not being there, they can they can replace him with a 
a mid-level talent, another mid-level talent at the five, and they'll be yeah. still a championship-level team. So I think that's what this series kind of showed. What do you think? Like, what did you get out of them So just two things, two things. My uh, first thought Portland. is, one, um, for anybody that thinks that Portland is just, like, a sorry team or, like, is just disappointing the performance, like, no, like, this is more of a testament to Golden State. Like, Portland is incredible. Like, it just sucks that it seems like every year, like, the end of their season is just with them getting swept. But, like, like this isn't a testament to, like, Terry's, Terry Stotts or, or Dame, Dame and CJ just not being up to the task. Like, the Warriors just have too many things to throw when you only have two guys. Like, what he said, like, when you have to rely on Miles Leonard and have 25 in the first half. Um, I just think that the Warriors, uh, this is a conversation that we had, I think, before the podcast, like two podcasts ago, like the Warriors just without KD, like they're still the team to beat, man. Like that offense just with, with Steph, as we said earlier, is just the most demoralizing thing in sports I think I've ever seen. The fact that for all the points that you said, you can be up, like go on a 16 point run. And then by the end of the half, like it's just a five point lead or like over and over. You can go bucket for bucket with the Warriors. And then it's just like, Steph just hits two back-to-back threes. Like, it's just, like, stuff like that is just... It, 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 it. People... Exactly. Like, people don't get it, It like, to... to my fault, I'll let you finish, but, like, the, to help your point out, like you said, don't look at Portland as this, like, this yeah. happened to, to Houston, too, on the road. Like, in Houston, like, this happens. Like, so, when teams lose a lead, it's like, yeah, that team's losing the lead, but that means Golden State is making up that ground yeah. every time. Well, like you know I'm trained as a basketball fan. Really like, like, like everybody, like everyone I know that still gambles. Like anytime you see the Warriors down ten or ten or eleven, you're running to your book just to see what the spread is because the Warriors always start off like minus seven to nine. Like if you can get the Warriors at like minus two, just because they're down thirteen. <laughs> I guess like just think about like how how close they're still favored right. in every single game that they're down, um, and it's just difficult, man. Like, it's just too difficult to, to hold the lead all game against them. Because like you said, like, like in the back of your mind, you know, you're playing the Warriors. So when Dame and CJ is like, shit, the score is closing, the score is closing. And the fourth quarter is tied 111-111. The game is basically already lost because you know, at the end of the day, they're just going to still make this the correct play. Right. But now you just have to kind of continue to rise to that level, rise to that level. That's too taxing for a team, especially a young team like Portland, um, to have to do on a possession by possession basis. Um, the last thing I'll say about the Warriors. I feel like it's the last thing I'll say about the Warriors. Like you no, said, Draymond Green, um, definitely a max player. Um, and if uh, this is one of those things again, like if you can't see that now, like, like he wouldn't be a max player with another team, but with this Warriors team, they have to max him out. They have to give him the max just because for everything he does for them, just this being a spark plug for a team that good is so important. And it's not just like a spark plug and then like he kind of feeds into the back. Like he's able to do everything. Like everything at just like an average or above average level. Well, so what what tells you that he couldn't be? A I just don't like when having team. having Steph and Clay like just on your like on your wings as your safety valves is just makes you look so much better. Like, but and then but he also but that that's the thing with him he also okay. plays them in the perfect spot. Like he's he's a quarterback. Like there's there's something like to be able to control that right. like is is Literally. crazy. Like he he delivers a pass like. Like when you know when him and Steph are kind of working in that like the wing the corner situation where like they're just going off each other yeah yeah he just it's just like at Steph like already he, knows and the ball is just right. always Steph there just with Draymond right and just stuff like that like getting Looney involved and like playing a lot like one of the things from this series like 
he played the rim so well, man. Like just stunning Evan Turner. Like you know Evan Turner's not gonna take the floater and doesn't have the confidence to knock that down every time and just defend like just being able to do that at six seven. Also being able to push the ball, make the right decisions. Like sometimes it's erratic, but like it, you can't find that anywhere. And someone said this over the weekend as well. Like stop saying guys are gonna like the Draymond Green type. There's no one else in the NBA right now that is like Draymond Green that can play like Draymond Green. And so it's a valuable thing. And so when something is valuable, you have to max it out. Um, that's my rant. So, so I love I love every point you just made, but like. I'm just playing devil's advocate here. So you said like having Steph and Clay as your safety box. See, my thing personally is I've been thinking about this because obviously the the most the more uh what's the word the the common like thought around the league is oh well he wouldn't be as good on another team. But like what's who's to say like he just wouldn't adjust and okay these guys can do this thing so I'm gonna make he him would, he would be good. He's been his whole life. I'm not he's saying he wouldn't play, be like, in high school. He I would like, say he would be good. He would State. definitely be good, bro. Like he would definitely be a yeah. No, I'm saying not not good. I'm saying a max player. Like he wouldn't be, he wouldn't have the same impact. Like I think Draymond can go get 13, 10, and eight on any team, and he'll turn it up in the playoffs every year because he his IQ I just don't think the guys are making the same level. plays. Like, right, that's me personally. Like that's just kind of what I've been picking up. A lot of those times, like when I don't know, it's just tough, man. Like it's just, it's just the perfect mesh. The plays don't have to be exactly the same though. You just got to make them. Like there's plays that Draymond creates, and like he pushing the pace, like him pushing the pace and use he'll like. He'll like run up the court one way and just run towards the crowd of players and just make a play and find somebody on per like his IQ. I just feel like it would translate to any team. And I this whole notion that well, no, he would he do it, but then it's finishing the play is a part of it too. Like, like part of going into team. getting the max, like like that there has to be a guy on the other end of the play that completes it free to get the assist. You know what I mean? Like I think a lot of time, yeah. Like so, it's just it would be a little bit more difficult for him to accumulate those numbers to actually see the change. Cause it's already hard for people to appreciate his game for what he brings. And like, like, so some nights, like instead of having the, the right. 10, 13 and 12, it'd be like six, eight and nine. And like, it's just a lot harder to see. Um, but just like, I agree with you though. Like he, right. he wouldn't be a dumber player. Like he wouldn't lose his smarts going to a different team, but I definitely just, obviously the Warriors things helped. What do you think about this KD thing though? Um, I've done a lot of thinking and going back and forth through the week. People are like, oh, they're better without the KD. And obviously you're not better with the best basketball player in the world, like you and I both said. But I think they are they aren't worse, if that makes sense. It does it or am I am I off? Like right, you no, like no. you're you're you're, you're okay. What do I, so my thing is the the way I look at it is um I think they need uh, against teams that are bigger and more athletic. Athletic, so like the Bucks, the Raptors, that LeBron team um, with Kyrie and LeBron, where you had the great point guard with the great wing. With, against the great wings, you can't throw Alfonso McKinney out there. You can't throw Harrison mm-hmm. Barnes, and that's where they struggle. Like I think if they play the Raptors in the championship, they'll just throw Danny Green on Clay and put Kawhi on Steph, and they'll str- not struggle, but they'll yeah they'll struggle more than they would against traditional guards. And those are teams I think you need KD for because yeah. then you keep Kawhi on KD and then Steph can do his thing on Kyle Lowry. So I think against teams that like that, they um they need a great wing. Like, but their their backcourt can dominate any other backcourt in the league. And then you can have Draymond being Draymond against the front court and throw lobs to the rim. They like you said, they're just the the best team, the best overall team, even if they don't have KD. But against teams with great yeah. wings, I think they need KD. I think it's as simple as that. And as far as them being better, 
I think they're, they, I think KD takes them to another level. So I think they are better than KD, but losing KD yeah. does, they're still the best team. <laughs> so it's just like, like everybody said, he was the icing on the cake. Like they still had the cake. They're still the best team. They don't need KD to be the best team. Yeah. KD just makes them even better. Well put. So I think he should um, leave. Honestly. Yeah. I, th- I think I just, it's, it's tough, man, because. I think he should leave for his legacy, like for how people are going to view him. Because like obviously he can stay there. If he stays there another two, three years, they're winning six chips. Like you're not telling me, oh, LeBron doesn't gonna matter. Don't matter. And, uh, that's that's, that's the fourth year of them playing they're together. Like you, they're, it, they're not. I think that's where people lose a lot too. Like the reason why the Warriors right. are so good now without KD is because just they they had three or four years to build that cohes- cohesiveness between one another. So as soon as somebody goes out, like. And Bogut, like, just you said something right. on Twitter this weekend, like, Bogut just came right back in the fold, just understands everything. Like, and I, eh, like, yeah, right just like you're playing, like you're, you're, you're playing with someone that you've been learning for the past four or five years and try to put these super teams together just over a summer and thinking they're going to win a championship. That's not the way to do it. Like, very rarely do you just bring a guy in and then poof, like, snap your fingers, ring. Like, it's very, very, very difficult. Yeah. Like, it's not People easy. People be tripping. I'm telling you, at the end of the, Right. At the end of the day, I love that point because at the end of the game, Golden State's going to out-execute you because they have trust in everywhere everybody's going to be. You got you see us, you saw us this year, like, we'll ne- we we had no chance to be that great team that to get people with other great, great teams, the elite teams in the league, because our players yeah, were together for 10, 15 games. Like, everyone's looking around and, for years. And I guess that kind of transitions, but like with, with us, like it was kind of, everyone is kind of waiting to see like who's going to be the guy to kind of step up. Right. And like, it's like, all right, like Jimmy's kind of our guy for the next like two, two or three weeks. And he's been the guy carrying us late in the game. Um, it's just like, I don't, I don't want to be the team that is looking to one singular guy to close out every single game for us. You know, like I want to be able to play like a style where it's like we can manufacture a bucket, um, with two minutes left to go in the fourth, just with what we run. Like that is a lot better than just relying on like just leaning on like, Oh, if Jimmy doesn't have a role in a night, like we can't get the ball down to him because they're not going to really give us any calls down the pit and he's gas. Like, like just like, I won't, I can't wait till we get to that warriors esque like just team ball, you know, and that comes with keeping the same coach. I think a lot of people miss that. Like it comes with having the same core and the same unit and running the same shit. Right. So like, that's great to say too, because, like, I was just thinking when you said that, I'm like, well, Steph and KD are definitely getting the ball down a stretch. But just to watch Steph close those games, like, he's obviously picking you apart, yeah. but then he's coming off the ball screen. If you're leaving Draymond, he's throwing it to Draymond yeah. and trusting that Draymond's going to make the play. And Draymond does make the play. He'll throw the lob. And, and that's what opens it so much more. One more to Clay that's or what something. opens like, it so much I mean? more, bro. Like, like it's not right. like people people are thinking, like, if you're just watching the highlights and you, you're seeing the, the three or four second click or towards the back end of Steph just taking dribble, dribble, pulling up, it's like, all right, like he broke his man down for the score. That's what, that's what we need. And people just pinpoint, like, we need a guy to be able to do that. And it's like, no, you need a guy that is able to create that beforehand. And it's the little stuff that you do before the play. Um, I don't know. I think just highlights are kind of just ruining people's per, uh, right, perception of basketball. But let's go over to the Eastern Conference. Um, for sure. Last, last thing. So I think we should keep this one simple, mm-hmm. bro. I mean, it's 2-2. Raptors tied it up to 120 Obviously, to 102 last night. Obviously, the series is 2-2. It's been... Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think... I, I I don't think anybody loses on their home floor in this series. Nobody's showing me signs that they're going to win on another person's home floor. Like, Milwaukee was... 
Milwaukee was kind of in that game last night, but they, it never really felt like they they take the lead. Even with Kawhi a little bit banged up, um, so I I think I think uh, Milwaukee goes home. Toronto hasn't shown me any signs that they're they're gonna go win on Milwaukee's floor. So I still have uh, mm-hmm. I still have Milwaukee in seven. Um, that's kind of how I'm looking at this series right now. It's pretty cool to watch. I guess you have. Well, honestly, I ain't gonna lie. It's not as appealing as I thought it would be. Um, you have Kawhi, who's obviously a great perimeter player, and he'll lock you down. Best two-way player in the game right now. But he's Kawhi's boring, man. He's good. He's great, but yeah. he, he's he's just boring. And Giannis is kind of predictable the way he plays. Like he has to go downhill, and he's trying so hard right now because the Raptors are doing a good job of throwing bodies at him. And they're not as fun to watch when they're not in Milwaukee, just shooting like yeah. with big man shooting threes. So, I mean, I still got Milwaukee in seven. That's all I'm really going to yeah, say. Toronto bringing these last two games back kind of just made me a little bit more hesitant about Milwaukee. Like Milwaukee was clearly the better matchup for Golden State to me going into the series. But um, seeing Toronto being able to not stop Giannis, but kind of slow him down. Like he was a minus 19 last night. Um, even though he scored 25, had 10 point, 10 boards and five assists. Uh, Milwaukee's offense just does, like, it doesn't really lead to them being able to pull away in a game or go on like crazy stretches. Like last night, I think the Raptors bench finally came to play and they were kind of able to keep, like, like they had a lead almost damn near. I feel like they were the whole night. And just, they, they were to just hold Milwaukee off, hold Milwaukee off. And if you're not at home, but if things aren't rolling, um, and Giannis isn't getting to the line 16, 17 times. Like it's, it's, I don't know. It's tough, man. And like, there's not many ways that you could beat a team like Golden State. Uh, and not to just refer everything. Then it comes, it becomes there. That system becomes kind of stagnant, kind of boring. Not boring, but it's, it's a different feel. It's yeah. like, uh, all right, well, and the ball kind of ends up on Bledsoe's hand point. at the like, top of the key. Giannis like, is just yeah, trying to get like, down to his best. There's just, can. there's weird situations where, right. like, yeah, it's working to have Miritich and Ilyasova and Lopez just pull it up from all areas of the floor, but like, I don't, like, I don't know. I can't put my finger on it. I, I really can't put my finger on it yet. Uh, it looks very good. It looks really good when it's working. It looks and it looks horrible when it's not because you have uh, essentially you have seven footers standing on a three point line while you have a guy just trying to get to the rim. Yeah, great. and that's all the offense really is. They don't really run any. Anything off the ball to get got uh, you got yeah because you can't work, really you bring a screen for Giannis like you bring a screen for Giannis it just clogs up because everyone everyone's just going underneath and it's just like uh, why why would I, why would I even think about going over the top of it or hedging hard on it like because he can step around a hedge yeah. like he can dribble around like you know what I mean so you're just creating more problems for yourself so it's just I don't know but I do what I do like about that system of having sure. the seven footers we talked about that this weekend is kind of like, it limits a lot of transition buckets for teams. Because you already have Lopez and Miritich, like they already had three point line shot goes up, like this, they're they're not going in for the offensive rebound more times than not. They just leave that to Giannis and guys like Connaughton or or Bledsoe, which is weird to me. But like they're they're back they're back on defense, and then you have Giannis trailing, so you have a big body kind of protecting the rim, and then you have to worry about like who's coming from behind and like guarding the wings. So that like to me that's it's smart. I don't know. I like it. Like um. You're also shooting a ton of threes, so yeah. there's longer rebounds anyway. So you, you mm-hmm. still have a good chance to get off um, the board. But what do you like for Toronto? Um, I know Kawhi is injured. This this is what I wanted to bring up. Uh, this this right quad thing. Um, it's telling me a little bit more, I think, that as to why he's been sitting out so much this year and like why he was so protective over last year. I think this is gonna be something that 
has the potential to bother him for the rest of his career. This isn't something I've heard or read, but the fact that they've been so just careful with it and ginger with it. And then it just like, as soon as it starts to give him a problem again in the playoffs, like it's just getting worse and worse. I think like, like teams are going to be a little bit more careful when looking at Kawhi this year. Like obviously you're just going to take Kawhi and max him out. But the fact that like, I don't know. This is what he was worried about. It seems like for the past two years. And then as soon as it starts to give a problem again, it just seems like it's just so bad. Um, I don't know. Like this may, this may affect like right. kind of so, the rest of his career. Yeah. Don't, I'm not really making much of it. Yeah. That's what I mean, not really making much of it. He's playing 45 minutes a night now, you know, every other day. So your body starts to break down and you start to feel, you start to feel that pain. But a why why is it still bothering um, him is why I'm asking. Like, I know is, you're not I mean, a doctor and I'm not either, but. My question is why is why is this still an issue? If that makes sense, like if you if you have damn near two years off, um, just to kind of correct the issue with your with your quad, but then like it seems like just with wear and tear, like you said, like playing more minutes, like because they didn't play a lot of minutes this year, um, it starts to affect him again. So will this be a problem moving forward? Like any year he he goes deep into the playoffs, um, will his right quad start to bother him? Is just kind of what I'm thinking. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely something interesting to look to look at moving forward. But I, I don't really care if I'm a GM or if that's what you're asking. I don't, I'm not really concerned about it. Um, I'm kind of just, I mean, maybe you build a good enough team that he doesn't have yeah. to play 45 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's how I look at it. He's still he's still great for yeah. 40 minutes a night. So, um, not really looking into it too much. He's still he's still playing the game. He's still finishing games. Uh, he's going to play. So. Right, I mean, right now, what do you think he does? Home, so uh, do you think he goes to LA or he thinks he stays in Toronto? Um, they win. It depends on the series. If they lose, I think he goes to LA. Okay. The Clippers. If they win and go to the finals, I think he, yeah. Uh, I was on the fence. So I was on the fence just because of Pascal, Pascal. Um, just of like the potential and promise he showed, but like, I think. As the playoffs have continued to go on, Kawhi's starting to see he's a little too young, a little too spry, and like I'm, I'm sure it... he's not ever going to be that good. Though he's going to be good, he's not ever well, going not to number be one, a, but like he could be a, a viable number two. You know, like, that's a like especially with the team they have constructed. Like, but and that's what he is like right a now. consistent too. Like last night, he only had seven points. Like you know what I mean? Like I, I'm talking like the two, like a Chris Middleton type, to where it's like you know you're yeah. going to get every single night from him, and he's going to kind of. Like we help you be in a position to win for sure. Um, for sure, but we'll see. Hopefully, hopefully he goes to LA. Um, I think that'd be a cool team to watch him. We will. Yeah, real yeah, shit. Get him out the East. Let's what do you got on the contest? Though, wrap it up. What do you got on the contest? What do you got on the contest that we have for the huh? listeners? Oh, uh, contest. So first off, I just want to thank everybody for participating in the last contest. We just like to uh, get you guys to promote and give you a chance to win something. So this week we're going to do pretty much the same type thing. Um, just stay, stay tuned, follow us on, uh, Instagram and Twitter and we'll, and we'll, uh, update you guys on what we're going to do for the contest this week. So, uh, y'all know the vibe, CNC hoops, follow, uh, subscribe, tell a friend to tell Nothing, a friend. Man. Well, what you got like you me. said, appreciate you guys just showing the love and support, uh, posting on your stories and whatnot. Um, quitting our trying just day by day, keep giving us suggestions on the content. Um, like we said, your boy gave us a suggestion for today's song and some of the topics. So that's greatly appreciated. Um, TNT hoops, baby. One. One. Appreciate it. Um, TNT hoops, baby. <laughs>